Well, welcome to the latest podcast for ASA with me, Dr. Chris Keel. And for once, I'm actually in my own office, not trying to do this from an airport or a hotel or some other such weird place. So hopefully no weird noises to overrun my commentary. The question at this point is one we've had several times in the past, but it means a lot to ASA members, so we're going to hit it again, and that is oil and energy. We've had a lot of conversation in the last couple of weeks around the potential reduction of oil production by OPEC and Saudi Arabia and Russia and others. This is an issue that kind of consistently bugs me because we don't really pay the kind of attention to what's going on in the oil sector as we should. We tend to get very overexcited, and this has happened this time too. The media immediately jumped on this as the Saudis are supporting the Russians. They're against us. We need to punish them. We need to to do terrible things to them because they're siding with Putin. That isn't what's taking place, and people who've been watching the energy sector for a while know that that's not what the issue is. Saudi Arabia is not pro-Russia. It's not anti-Russia. Saudi Arabia is pro-money. And what it has always done is protected the very resource that is the source of their wealth. This is not a multifaceted country. This is not a country that has a tourist sector. This is not a country that has a manufacturing sector. It doesn't have anything but energy. So the oil producers have always defended $80 a barrel oil. They would prefer a range between 70 and 90 bucks a barrel. They will do whatever they have to to keep the range in that sector. And they even try to protect it from falling too low. If you've watched in previous years, the Saudis are very aware of the fact that there are two dangers as far as, as their production is concerned. Number one is that the price falls too low and they end up with not enough income from their chief resource, but it also can get too high and they don't want to see oil prices sitting up around 120, 130 bucks a barrel. It would seem that they would, except that they know that that cuts into demand. And sooner or later, they end up getting less in the way of purchasing because the countries that are buying their oil can't afford it. So they have settled on that 80 buck a barrel average. That's where they would like to be. They are looking ahead and they're saying, look, we think the world is heading for some kind of downturn, maybe a full-blown recession, maybe a full-blown depression. We don't know. But if we see a tremendous decline in the amount of demand that's coming from the U.S., from Europe, from Asia for oil because their economies are stuttering, well, that's going to affect us. And we, therefore, want to make sure that we don't see the price of oil drop too far. They lived through 2020 when the price per barrel dropped below 20 bucks, and they don't want that to happen again. So this decision to reduce production is based on what they anticipate is going to happen in the coming year as far as recession. Now, if for some reason we do manage to avoid recession or if the demand doesn't fall, they'll jack up production and produce more oil to accommodate. But at the moment, they're just kind of sending a shot across the bow that we're not going to sit idly by and allow ourselves to get caught in a glut situation again. When it comes to the decisions about production globally, 
not everybody follows the OPEC lead. And we're certainly seeing that in the U.S., in Canada, in Mexico, who are all three non-OPEC members, obviously. They're still producing flat out. The U.S. is still on target to produce 13 million barrels a day. We consume around 20 million barrels a day. The bulk of the oil that we need to fill that gap, we get from Canada or Mexico some from Africa, a little bit from the Middle East. Most of what we get from the Middle East goes to the East Coast refineries. They're in a position to purchase oil more cheaply from the Middle East and they can purchase it from their own country. There is no good pipeline that goes from the middle of the U.S. to the East Coast. So the New Jersey refineries are much more likely to buy it out of a tanker coming from the Middle East. But most of what we get our oil from is domestic and at least North American, and none of the North American producers are looking at reductions at this point. They will if the price it continues to, to falter and if demand continues to falter. So it's not going to be a sudden decision on the part of the North Dakotan fracking operations to support Russia. It's going to be, hey, you know, the demand is down. And if the price per barrel goes down, yeah, well, we can't compete. I mean, the frackers need it at a minimum to be 65 or 70 bucks a barrel. If it falls below that, it's pointless, and they don't even continue into the business. So it's really kind of a matter of, of separating out some of the the political nonsense from reality. And And I understand why... We're trying to couch all of this politically as us versus them. There are lots of things that create tension between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. We are far from allies. We are culturally different. Politically, we're on the wrong side of almost every issue we can think of. But when it comes to the production of oil, the Saudis are not terribly mysterious. Um, This is their sole income. And as a result, they do what they have to to protect it. The upshot is that we're probably going to see oil prices remaining in that higher level, 80, 90 bucks a barrel. The predictions from the EIA as far as prices in the coming year, oil prices at the per barrel level around 90. If you look at gasoline at the pump, it's going to be somewhere between 350 and 370 a gallon. But there's a huge variation from state to state because of taxes and the different blends that are used. California fuel is always very expensive because it's a unique blend required by California. If you look at diesel prices, probably around four, four and a quarter. But all three of those prices are down from what they were through the bulk of this year. So the average per barrel price was around a hundred bucks through 2022. The average per gallon price nationally was around 390, and the average diesel was around 480. So we're looking for 23 not to be cheap, but heading down 25, 30, 40 cents per gallon, maybe 70 cents per gallon for diesel. A lot of what's going to determine things like diesel and gas pricing is how much we have to continue sending to Europe. So one last thing to think about that's going to have an impact on oil is the weather. We are looking at a kind of a rare three-peat of La Nina. This will be the third year in a row that we've had a La Nina to deal with. 
and it's likely to be a fairly weak one, and a weak La Nina actually causes more problems than a stronger one because you're looking at the potential for colder weather in the middle of the United States and colder weather in Europe, more precipitation in the middle of the U.S., less on the coast, so the drought in California continues, but you also see more of a drought situation on the East Coast. So if we get a La Nina that is shaping up the way the weather people think it is, it's going to put additional pressure on Europe, particularly in the early part of the season. Then, theoretically, it gets a little warmer towards the end. But that could mean the U.S. sending a lot more fuel to Europe through December, January, trying to help them cope with with colder temperatures. So there you go. You can worry about oil. You can worry about weather. And isn't it nice that you're depending on the two most unreliable forecasting professions on the planet, economists and weathermen. Both of us sit around thinking, hmm, I think this is going to happen, but I'm probably going to be wrong. Thanks very much, and we'll talk next week.